Yo, it's me. It's me. It's DDP. Hello and welcome to the Day Day Podcast where we talk about all things basketball and wrestling and other things if I want to. And that's all it, that's all there is. With the 2021 NBA Finals around the corner, we'll be talking about the two teams that are fighting for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And on the western side, we will going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, which if you say at the start of the season that, you know, and Phoenix Suns are going to be in the NBA Finals, you're going to say, oh, okay, if they, got, if they get lucky with who they face with, they'll, they'll be in the NBA Finals, but they didn't get lucky with their, the people they faced. They faced the Lakers, the, the Nuggets, and the Clippers, which is like a very... One of the hardest roads you can take in this NBA playoffs in this year. So, it, this is a pleasant surprise. Um, it's first championship final for the team since 1993 where Charles Barkley was still there. And it's a feel-good moment for the organization. So... Yeah, we're going to talk about what they did to get to this point. And it, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Um, so we're going to start with the signing of... No, no, we're not... Actually, no, we're not going to start with the signing of Chris Paul. We're going to start with the 8-0 bubble run, which is to raise hopes for the team. And... The, very very promising that allow them to you know get them veterans like such as Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, um, uh, you can say each one more is a is a veteran. You can say Langston Galloway is also a veteran, but eh, it's more on Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, which. Uh, which is a very, very good replacement for uh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rubio. There we go, Ricky Rubio. And Aaron Baines, which is two vital um, components in that 8-0 bubble run that they did. And also the 5-2 start that they did at the start of the 2019-2020 season. So... Uh, if they were gonna get um a replacement, uh, Chris Paul is definitely the guy. Um, the the guy is very very, uh, he can take on a very very good leadership role as, um, as shown in uh the Thunder series, uh, the, the Thunder season last year and the Clippers seasons with Lob City and um. Most notably, the New Orleans organization back in 2008-2009 where uh, the coach is also Monty Williams. So that that's a good uh, cohesion there uh, with 
but they did. So, very, very good um, roster build-up after an 8-0 bubble that gives promises to their fans. Um, so, they finished second in the West. Um, Behind the Utah Jazz, a 51-21 record, which is very, very respectable. Um, they they were one of the better home teams with the 27-9 record. It's where in the road that that they really became decent with 24-12, and, and it's still really good. They were second in the West. They overperformed. For injuries, um, thankfully nothing major, uh, especially Chris Paul because he's been very, very injury prone the last few years. So like, they still had injuries with Devin Booker taking some time off, Chris Paul getting some time off as well. But thankfully nothing serious that is season ending. So they finished second in the West, and they're going up against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round, which it's a, an immediate test for Booker and Ethan, immediately. Especially for Ethan, they're go, he's going up against one of the best front court in the league with LeBron and AD. Uh, so it's, it's gonna be, it was going to be really tough for them either way. Even though uh, the Lakers really struggled at the end of the se- season, especially after the LeBron and shoulder injuries, they it looked like they were not the same team that won in the finals. Then again, they were weaker than last season. They got uh, Marcus Gasol and Andre Drummond for replaced for Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, which is definitely. A downgrade uh, to two aging men on the roster. So it's really hard for LeBron to carry this team. But the Phoenix Suns just absolutely obliterated them on games five and six and a little bit of game four with their superb defense. Then again, the Lakers' defense was non existent throughout the series. And LeBron really had to do everything he could to win games, even for the Lakers. At the stats now, um, Andre Drummond was the Lakers' fourth leading scorer. Andre Drummond should never be close in the top five leading scorers for your team. He's only going to rebound, and that's it. So for him being the fourth best leading scorer of the Lakers in that series... You can see how abysmal the Lakers was in that series. LeBron was still doing LeBron things, but he didn't have a team. It was like uh, looking at the 2007 Cavs all over again, where I believe Jose Dronisic-Algauskas was second leading scorer. But uh, AD did come back in Game 6, but... Phoenix was just all over AD in Game 6. He couldn't really do much. So, a good job for Phoenix to assessing the threat with LeBron and AD. 
and good job for them absolutely outscoring the Lakers as well because the Lakers were not ready for Phoenix at all. We can say that. They probably underestimated them for a sense, but they were not ready for the, the Phoenix at all, especially Cameron Payne, even though game one, he did get ejected in game one, but he was, it was just a resurgence in this series where he scored like 10 points per game or something. Let me say, yeah, Cameron Payne, 12.5 points per game in, the, in that series. Uh, Aiton had 16 and 10. Uh, Booker was still doing Booker things. Um, the worry coming out of the series was Chris Paul. Uh, he, he got out on the shoulder injury in a, a game three. He got, got treatment for that shoulder and it was really scary because the Chris Paul has had a number of shoulder injuries uh, the past year. So losing Chris Paul would be deadly for Phoenix. Even they can still go without Chris Paul, and they've shown it throughout the season that they can go without Chris Paul. It's just that Chris Paul is a very vital leader in this team and. It's going to be hard for them to close out games, especially without Chris Paul. But Phoenix was still doing Phoenix things. Um, it's really cool to see such a young team absolutely go ha go ham against the Lakers. And for the Lakers fandom at the out there that was atrocious um they were looking at excuses like lebron didn't have a team which is kind of true and uh, lebron didn't have a team in that series uh but yeah um the injuries but the injuries didn't really i don't think the injuries even bothered even though lebron was brought can get like 30 points per game or something like that something like Luka Doncic numbers and or Le, prime LeBron numbers, I still think Phoenix wins the series because Phoenix was definitely the better team, offense and defense, in the series. So I don't think um, there's nothing for Lakers fans to complain about except that LeBron should get a better team next season. He's definitely gonna get a better team next season. Uh, they shouldn't have really replaced the bench of that championship team because the Lakers bench was ridiculous last season and they really flourished with that bench and with that role player spots where LeBron and AD can just chill and you know, watch as Dwight Howard scores 20 or something. Or JaVale McGee goes ham in the post. Uh, Rondo doing Rondo thing. So it's a missed opportunity for Lakers, but I still think they'll be better next season. Either way, uh, Phoenix was definitely the better team this time around. Uh, 
especially uh, when you you have guys like Jay Crowder and Cameron Payne going off for like 10 a game at least. And in the Lakers side, there is nobody. Again, good, ser- good series for the Suns. Now we move on to the Nugget series, which is go against Jokic now. And this group, even though Jamal Murray was injured, uh, the Nuggets still look pretty scary with Jokic. As long as Jokic is there, Nuggets will still continue to look scary because it. This they still have shooters that can cover up Jamal Murray's offense. It's how Nikola Jokic like navigates the team. In the offense and especially in defense, but in the series, Jokic had to do a lot. Jokic had to do a lot. They were still doing that four-one uh, zone that got criticized in the final seconds of a regular season game where there was like four people in the three-point line it, when you could have drive to down the lane and get an easy two. But there was, they were doing that in like early second quarter in game one. So like, Jokic had to do a lot in being that only one in that 4-1 zone. And he was doing the pick and roll. He was doing the passes. He was, doing, he was basically doing everything. But at the time the third quarter was going, uh, Jokic was doing this thing where he would play a lot more slower and Nuggets already play slow as it is so Phoenix absolutely capitalizes that in game one but thankfully they didn't do it in game two uh, but they were still struggling in game two the Nuggets starters were still struggling and trying just trying to score trying to support Jokic and even though Michael Porter Jr. I had like 15 a game. It was really bad shooting. It's still 38% from the field. And the other starters were non-existent. Eric Gordon had, had a bad series. Monte Morris had a bad series. And it cred- we have to credit the Suns' defense for that. The Suns' defense was absolutely superb in this series. It's so clean in the series where how to deal with Jokic even though Jokic was still going for 30 points he's he couldn't do as much assist with those 30 points because of the Suns defense yeah they they already previewed it in the Lakers series with AD every time AD is on the court they just Raffle stop him. Uh, no, no, no. It was not AD. It was LeBron. Every time LeBron gets on that half-court half court slot, um, they just ram themselves to LeBron. And LeBron couldn't pass. He has to shoot every time. So that's what he did with Jokic. And it was very, very effective. Uh, Phoenix still had... Like, Really good games, especially in their starters. 
their starters just like pop off, especially Mikhail Bridges. DeAndre Ayton still continues to have a superb playoffs performance right there. Um, with 14 and 10 in the series, um, Devin Booker popped off like he usually does. Actually, uh, I'm just really, really glad that people can see Booker pop off now. Other than you, you know, a couple of years back when he went 70 points, they lost and they nobody nobody barely saw it. So, so yeah, um, Booker did this thing. Uh, Mikhail Bridges popped off, being a really really good three and D guy right there, especially in game one where he was the leading scorer out of everybody. Uh, 23 points in that game one. And uh, we have to talk about Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul is ridiculous. Was ridiculous in closing out games. This playoffs, we're gonna talk about uh, another closeout game that he did uh, a little later. But in game four, he just popped off um, thirty-seven points, and a lot of those points were like in isolation didn't even do pick and roll just absolutely manhandling whoever guarded him in the one-on-one situation whether it was Jokic whether it's Michael Porter Jr whether it was um, Will Barton no not yeah Will Barton who came back to the series and uh, aided Jokic when he really needed help against this team uh but he was absolutely manhandling the Nuggets defense right there in game four. And it was really sad to see that after that game, he got, he got, he needed to quarantine because of COVID. So like, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really good at the same time, really sad, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, Chris Paul continues to be amazing. And everything he does, um, even if he's 35 years old, is still like. It felt like he was like 25 in that game for performance and throughout the series, really. Because um, the sh- that shoulder injury that was I was talking in the Lakers series, it did feel like he had a shoulder injury in that Lakers series because. He was just going through the lane every single time. And uh, I think it's just a mentality thing where Phoenix just thought they were just really better than Denver. Just ridiculous how the starters just pop off. And they still had the bench doing really good. And... It, yeah, it's only Cameron Johnson who, out of everyone who played, it was only Cameron Johnson who shot less than 40% in the field. Just insane. Uh, like Chris Paul, look at it. Chris Paul had 63% from the field. It was absolutely ridiculous how Phoenix obliterated this team. 
And I gotta feel sad for Jokic because he, like LeBron, he did everything he could there. Definitely more than what LeBron did. But yeah, uh, he had a 30 point triple double in game three. He still lost. So, like, you can't really do anything about that. The Phoenix is just really, really good this playoffs. And I don't know what got into them. It's probably because the. It's probably because of the Chris Paul secret sauce. He probably shared it to everyone on this team and just and just make this monster of a team in the playoffs, which is just prove everyone that they're a really, really good team, even though uh, there's like key injuries on the side, and there's always been key injuries in. Uh, championship runs it's just it's just really noticeable now because everyone pretty much every team has injuries <laughs> in this playoffs so it was good to see like just a team like phoenix just soar right through their those ranks and just play absolutely good basketball there on the court and now we go for the final series that we're going to talk about Phoenix currently which is um, Los Angeles Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals uh, LA don't have Kawhi but I don't think Kawhi was the problem uh, against Phoenix, I, I still think this series would still be a 4-2 without Kawhi. Um, because DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Payne absolutely popped off this series. Um, it was not... Uh, yes, it was um, still Chris Paul and Devin Booker and games... Uh, scratch that. Um... Chris Paul in Game 6. It was still Chris Paul. But DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Payne was just stars in this series. Um, especially DeAndre Ayton, where Clippers didn't know what to do with DeAndre Ayton. Because uh, Booker had a bad series. Paul still has a bad... Still had a bad series. Um... Uh, even though uh, Chris Paul had 41 in Game 6 and uh, Devin Booker had 40-point triple-double in Game 1. But they both had bad series. Uh, DeAndre Ayton continues to be a consistent scorer and rebounder for the team in this playoffs. And it's absolutely insane. And uh, Cameron Payne as well, career-high, 29 points in Game 2. Uh, that game too was really, really fun to watch, even though there were so many uh, referee reviews in that final two minutes. It was ridiculous. Um, there were like, there was a st 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 uh, statistic. <laughs> there was a statistic in that there was like 33 minutes in game minutes. I no, no, 33 real life minutes in that final two minutes in game two. 
and it was insane. Uh, but it was it was a gritty series, regardless of that referee reviews. It was still a really really gritty se- series where they were trying, uh, especially Patrick Beverly, who was trying to push the limits of what is a foul and what is not a foul. Except in that game six where he got ejected for pushing off Chris Paul after the timeout, which is definitely a technical foul. You should definitely get ejected after that. But <laughs> yeah, Patrick Beverly absolutely drove Devin Booker nuts. Uh, Devin Booker was tilted throughout this entire se- series. He was not like the Devin Booker in the Nuggets series or even the Lakers series. Yes, he had the 40-point triple-double in Game 1, but Game 2 to Game 6, it was bad. It was He was still trying to get like 24 points, uh, 24 points, 16, 18, or something like that. But it's usually in the free-throw line where he gets those points. Um, it was just awful, the series, but the Phoenix, Sun- the Phoenix Suns were still okay. With Devin Booker shooting 38% and 28% in tree from tree, and Phoenix was still okay, which is scary. Uh, and it's all thanks to DeAndre Ayton being absolutely dominant in that lower block. And uh, Clippers really needed a block there to try and stop Ayton, but I don't think Ibaka can. He can slow down Aiton, but I don't think Aiton would be bothered with Ibaka and with how much he ridiculed Zubak in the post right there. Whoever was guarding him was absolutely stunned. Like, uh, Paul, Paul George can't guard him because he's too small. Same goes for Marcus Morris. Zubak doesn't. Zubak is a soft boy. He got absolutely pushed over by Aiton every time. But yeah, I just can't stop praising Aiton for the series because he was really the X factor in the series. And he absolutely carried the Suns to the finals. with this performance. Uh, also, um, I just want to say, uh, pay respect to Paul George. Uh, Paul George did absolutely everything to get the LA Clippers in the finals. Um, regardless if Kawhi is there or Kawhi isn't there. Um, in the Utah series, he, he, he didn't score less than 20 points in that Utah series of after uh, game one and game six, where he scored 20 points at least, he was popping off 27, 37. And even in this series, where Paul George had a ter- 41 points in game five, I believe it was 41 points in, this, in game five. And uh, he was trying to do his hardest to like try and get free throws, trying to get as much points possible for LA but 
he he's gonna be remembered with those free throws at the end uh, of game two and game four, where uh, game four was low scoring game as it is. It was very very bad game, but yeah, the game two uh, it was just he missed two, and that's gonna be hard to that's gonna haunt him. Uh, not as much as Ben Simmons has, uh, but it's really gonna great. Like they could have won the series. They could have won the series, but oh well. Um, so yeah, um, good job to Phoenix, just because like he they neutralized three players back to back, like um. Uh, LeBron in the first series and definitely AD in that same series. Um, Jokic in the second series and then Paul George in the third series. I believe every time like LeBron was on, uh, Nikal was on LeBron and or AD in that series and did absolutely great at it. Uh, same goes on the Clipper series. I believe it was it was Paul George. I, it was guarding Paul George every time. And there was like... Even though he scored 41 in game 5. It was just... Every time he tries to score. Like Mikal was there. was there. Just absolutely insane. How locked down his defense was. Um, I, I think it's really important. How this roster was built. Uh, they only signed like... A couple of guys like this this season, uh, Tory Craig. They traded for Chris Paul. Like they signed Jay Crowder, but after that, that's basically it. Uh, they re-signed uh, Frank Kaminsky, but I don't think Kaminsky would be uh, vital. You know, I don't think would we we would see Prof the talk. Uh, in this series, uh, but yeah, like the roster of Phoenix, uh, it's it's very young. Um, aside from Chris Paul being thirty five, it's thirty one point guard, an all star caliber shooting guard, and then a reliable center, and then the bench and small forward spot and power forwards. Slot, it's a lot of 3 and D guys. Uh, Jay Crowder can hit a 3. Dario Saric can hit a 3. Like, uh, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges are pure 3 and D guys that can absolutely put on work on defense. Um, and you gotta give props to James Jones. Uh, James Jones has been really good at constructing a team around... A superstar and superstar. It's not Chris Paul. It's Devin Booker that is the superstar of the Phoenix Suns, uh, and he's done a really good job uh, putting the pieces together on a championship team. A probably championship team. Like I don't think that they'll not win a championship, even though if they lose here, uh, even though. Uh, they're probably going to lose Chris Paul after two years. He's probably going to retire. But uh, 
I see this team being really a playoff mainstay for the next like five to seven years. Uh, just because this batch of people like the the role players that they need is is very young. Uh, it's gonna be intact for like a couple more seasons. And yeah, overall, like um, we kind of praise how uh, this roster was built because um, uh, the past two seasons, it's not built around like one player. It's not one player carrying a team to victory. It's a full roster of people carrying the team. Uh, Twenty nineteen Toronto Raptors was. An example of that where they built around once they signed once no no they're not did sign Kawhi they traded for Kawhi and the pieces were already there they have a really really deep bench in that 2019 run where even though Kawhi or even Kyle Lowry is resting like Toronto can just punch their way through with their bench with bench and uh, role players right there 2020 lakers was the same thing where even though lebron and ad were resting or having bad games uh, lakers can still win games last season because of that deep bench uh and javel mcgee dwight howard which is ridiculous um that their bench is javel mcgee dwight howard marcus cousins it's, it's ridiculous Plus, like, <laughs> uh, Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso at the backcourt was very, very defensive-focused team that cancels out a lot of LeBron's uh, inability to um, to be a very, very lockdown defender. It's mostly because of his age. And another good constructed team is this Phoenix Suns roster where even though Devin Booker can have bad games like in the series of Clipper in the Clippers series, um, they can still like really go at it against the top teams, uh, and yeah, I, even if Chris Paul is gone, uh, which I hope he stays, I hope he stays and coaches this team to be really good. Um, I s- still can see this team being a really, really good contender for the playoffs. That being said, against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I think they can get the championship against Milwaukee uh, on paper, especially even though if Giannis... Uh, goes for like a 40 points per game, something like that, something crazy. Uh, they proved in the LeBron series where LeBron was still going off uh, around like, uh, even though it didn't show on the stats that he had 23 points, he only had 23 points per game, but he was still going off as LeBron. Uh, and it's the same in this series where even though Giannis goes off, I think uh, they can handle Middleton and Holiday. 
which I will talk in the, the next ver- episode of this podcast, talking about how they really relied on Middleton and Holiday to pop off and uh, dominate the game defensively. And I think Phoenix can handle that pretty quickly, even if Giannis comes back after that knee injury. So I think Phoenix has the better shot of winning the championship. And I hope they do, because they're a really fun team to watch, and it's going to be a fun finals regardless. So, yeah. Uh-uh. That's going to be the end of the episode of first episode of the Day Day Podcast, which is absolutely insane, because I only had like a month to really set this up uh even though my voice is still like i sound like 13 i sound like i'm younger than rtm it's ridiculous uh that intro is just gonna be a placeholder for now uh i hope they don't get copyrighted by like wwe or something but we are going to talk about basketball and wrestling and this podcast uh mostly basketball right now because the NBA finals are going on but we will slowly transition to uh, wrestling and uh, we're probably going to start next week but this week it's probably going to be mostly focused on Phoenix and Milwaukee going at it because I think it's really good series and a lot of people should watch even though like there's not a lot of star players right there um, where uh, people from the mainstream audience can relate to like there's no Stephen Curry there's no LeBron there's no Durant but it's still gonna be a fun series because the teams are so even Uh, but yeah uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that my voice gets better. I think it's the microphone. I don't know. I'm probably making excuses. I probably sound like 13. Uh, (laughs) Regardless, this is the end of the first episode of the Day Day Podcast. I hope you enjoy me like, and my very, very... A tin voice right now. I don't know why it's tin, but I hope you enjoy and we'll see you on the next episode. You, I don't know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you can see, like, this is the first episode, but yeah. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.